Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm your host Lauren and I'm here today with Carrie. Hello, how are you today, Mrs? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. A bit of a cold, we've both, we've both got a bit of a cold. Oh, a bit of the snivels. A little bit of the bug, the lurg. Oh, the lurg. He's just ongoing, isn't it? This lurg, it just doesn't <laughs> fuck off. Do people use the word lurgy if they're not from the UK? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll find out. Basically, we? means we've got germs. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, here in in the UK, specifically Essex, we say that we've got the lurgy. The lurgy, and then we shorten it to lurg because yeah. we shorten everything. Yeah, always so, yeah. abbreviating. We've, we've both got the lurg. Yeah. So sorry if you can hear a little bit of a sniffle. Or me, like I'm talking through my nose, which I've made coming in. Hello. It's all right, we've got the sexy husky voice thing going on today, <laughs> <Really> hopefully. <laughs> it might make up for the from the snot noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was me just pretending. Yeah, it wasn't a real one. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, we're in good spirits, even though we're, we've got, we're full of lurg today. So yes. um yeah, so how you been? What have you been up to, babe? Uh, not a lot, just that we've had our Christmas, we've had our New Year, haven't we? So mm-hmm. we're just getting back into the swing of things. Mm, yeah. And it's just that dry January, isn't it? That uh, My year's always dry. Like, listen, <laughs> I don't drink anymore, but it's just, it drags, doesn't it? It drags so much. See, I've found the opposite. This week has flown by Oh, really? Me. But we've been really busy at work, so I think that's probably yeah. why. Um, yeah, because I'm an accountant, we have month th- we have a thing called month end. Sorry, I'm going to stop talking now. It's fucking boring. <laughs> but yeah, we've been busy at work, so it's gone really quickly for oh, me. Lucky and you. literally, I was just like, "How the fuck are we halfway through January already?" I don't oh, know because it's I really gone quick. Mine, I live payday to payday, mm. and because the, we got paid early in Christmas, uh, December. Oh no! Yeah, so it drags all the way mm, yeah. to January. You're like, it's like six weeks. So I'm yeah. like, just like counting down. I hate it when that companies do that. Yeah. I don't think it does you any favours because no. you just might. It just makes January even more horrible, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, more dry. It does. I'm just climbing the way <laughs> to the end of it. Yeah, and then like you say, people do dry January, which makes you even more annoyed. Oh, <laughs> or veganuary, which you do all year round. So yeah. we, we, together yeah. we make... It's good for the vegans. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. the vegans. <laughs> yeah, I've watched, I went to see... Um, I've been to cinema twice this week, actually. Last night I went to watch that I Want to Dance With Somebody, that Whitney Houston oh, thing. Nice. That was better than I expected, actually. Good. It was quite good. And but to be honest, it just made me want to watch The Bodyguard. Oh, I <laughs> love such... The Bodyguard. <gasps> the Bodyguard is about twenty-five times better than I want to dance oh, really? with somebody because it's, it's such a good film. It the is. soundtrack is wicked, isn't yeah. it? Um, and then a few days ago, we went to go and watch Avatar, the new Avatar. And what was that? Yeah, it was good. It's yeah. fucking long though, Lauren. Yeah, I ain't seen the first one. Oh, right, yo. I don't know why I didn't see the first one. Yeah. But the fourth, the second one, even bothers me even worse. So I thought yeah. I let everyone else see it, and yeah. they can tell me about it. Yeah, it's all it's good. I did enjoy it. Um, it's very immersive. Like we went to go and watch it in the big screen with the three D glasses, nice. and you do feel like you've gone to another planet because you're properly immersed in it. Yeah. So from that aspect, it's good. But I mean, it's the same story as the first one. Yeah. To be honest, it's pretty much <laughs> the same thing with a slightly. They chuck a couple of kids in, and then it's the same. Oh. So um, yeah, yeah, it was all right though. It was good. We went over to um, 
There's this cinema over in Blue Water mm-hmm. and they have reclining chairs. Nice. It's the future. Oh my God, have you ever seen a film in a cinema in a reclining no, chair? No, I haven't. It's really good. It's like watching a film at home because you can put your feet up. So you would take me and I'd be snoring next to you. And well, you'd be I thought, so fucking embarrassed. Well, I thought I would. I looked at it and I went to Stuart, you're going to sleep, aren't you? And he was like, yeah, but he didn't. So they must they must do something in the auditorium. <laughs> Perhaps they pump it full of oxygen yeah, to keep everyone awake because no one fell asleep and it weren't that interesting a film. Oh, and it don't. went on for four hours. Four hours now. Just no. sure, yeah. I think it was like three and a half slash four hours no. long. I want to treat you one day to go and see that, eat the film, you know what you eat, what's on screen. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, who was that? It, oh, it ain't called that, oh it's called God. something. But you basically eat, they've done a Pretty Woman one, I think they've done Bridesmaids, so whatever they're eating Oh, so on you film, get to eat the slippery little suckers. Yes. Yeah. You eat it, well, you know when um, yeah. in Bridesmaids she's making the cupcakes, you eat a cupcake. <laughs> oh, really? And, it's a good idea. I really want to take you to that, and they yeah. have got a vegan option. Because they I'm do... Gone. They do. That's similar to the sing along ones that you go and see. Yes. And because we went and done sing along of Greece, and <laughs> when you know when um oh what's her name Rizzo gets pregnant. Yeah. They, they give you like a little condom. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and everyone's blowing them up like they were balloons <laughs> in the cinema, and then you get a flag to wave when they're doing Greece oh, lightning. Brilliant. And there was all sorts. Of, you get a goodie bag as you go in, so probably similar to that eating. Yes. Thing. So it's it's really interactive. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, I was planning on doing that for your birthday, but I got beat the day out of it. Oh. Um, so, but I said I, I will try and get us to, cause I, the film's bullshit. What film was it? Can't remember. Joe, you know would be a really good film to do that? Go on. Do you remember that film Chocolate? Yeah. Johnny Depp, when he's young and <gasps> ridiculously hot, and you can eat chocolate, chocolate all the way through it. Chocolate the whole yeah. way through. They've got to do it. Anyway. Yeah. And we'll I, do it. Or we'll do Backyard Cinema. So I'm flirting between the two because they both yeah. sound amazing. And you I love, love the films. I love the you? cinema. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big movie buff. Yeah. I'm going to watch one later on, I think, called The Menu. That was mm. recommended to me. I, I don't know anything about it. Apparently, it's really different. Oh, nice. I can't watch that. So, I will let you know nice. next week what, what that was like. Yeah. So, um, anyway, did we feel thoroughly caught up with each other's lives yeah. now? Yeah, now we've waffled on. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about today's episode? Oh, I'm bursting at the seams. So, we're on season four and we're on um, season three of American Horror Story, which was Coven. Mm, I loved Coven. So uh, it was my favourite. Do you pronounce it coven or coven? What did I say? I don't know. I never know. Coven. I say coven like oven. But perhaps if you're in in America, do they say coven or coven? Uh, I think it sounds more right, coven. Coven. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. (laughs) Neither of us have got bloody something. Yeah, I'll come out with something completely (laughs) different. Yeah, I loved this. Coven was great, wasn't it? Oh, so what we've decided to do this week, I think... Because there were so many good snippets from... It was the, a lot of, like, inspiration behind yes. that series, weren't there? Yeah. It wasn't just about witches no. at all, was it? No. Which, which story was the main story? Oh. But there were so many others coming into it, wasn't oh, there? Oh, absolutely. Jessica Lang was the best in this. Yeah. She's my favourite anyway. She smokes all the way through oh. it, don't she? She's so... Um, it's so film noir, that one. Yeah. And it's shot beautifully. All yeah. of the women in that oh, Stunning. Look. So beautiful, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they do. every single shot of that is just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, Eek. I'm gonna watch that again. I think, yeah, I'm just thinking, after yeah. this, should we cut and we'll go and watch it yeah. and then come back? <laughs> so, yeah, and um, so we've decided to do two stories set in New Orleans mm. again, somewhere I've really wanted to go mm. practically all my life. It yeah. looks like a magical place, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and it's got a lot of um, great history from voodoo to magic to. Mm. Um, the Mardi Gras yeah. that looks fucking amazing yeah that's true so yeah so we've decided to do it so I'm going to be doing Madame Delphi La Lurie and you're going to be doing the Axe Man of New Orleans Wee. I keep going to call him the Mad Axe Man I don't know why do it fuck it the Mad Axe Man the of Mad Axe Man <laughs> he's mad <laughs> so yeah they were two of the he's characters angry. in um, the coven weren't they yeah 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 Um, and again I said to you, didn't I? Watching it, I was, I remember being quite shocked. And yeah. I'm quite hardened from American Horror mm. Story. It has made me quite hardened. But I remember watching it thinking, my God, I can't believe this is based on someone. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're going to try and condense both of them to, for, into our little hour-ish episode. But, yeah, we just wanted to cover both of them because we both were so intrigued, wasn't we, by yeah. 
who it was based on. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know anything about either no. of them, to be honest, especially that Madame Lalaurie. Lalaurie. Mm-hmm. You, you're nailing that French accent. Thanks. Rolling, My ancestors are French. Itself. I don't know if that helps. Maybe I was born to speak French. That's why I don't speak English. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You don't know. Give it a try. Yeah, so shall I start? And then... Yes, please. Yeah, let's go. So uh, we're going to call her Delphine for most of it because she has had... She was married three times, Kaz. Mm-hmm. So she, her name changes yeah. constantly through the story. So Delphine was born in 1787. She was a popular New Orleans socialite. And she was married three times. Um, and that was basically the introduction <laughs> to her. So I'm just going to go down... So she was born Marie Delphine McCarthy. McCarthy? Because mm-hmm. she was actually Irish. Did you know that? Oh, okay. So she, her parents were Irish. Yeah. On March 19th, 1787, in New Orleans, Louisiana's. Louisiana. Louisiana's. Thank you. Still done it wrong. <laughs> Spanish occupied territory. So with New Orleans at the time, it was occupied by the French. Then the Spanish took it over. Yeah. Then the French took it over before passing, you know, when um, America bought out to put them into states. Yeah. So it changed hands quite a few times. Her father was... I'm sure I read somewhere that it was sold by Napoleon to the United States in 1803. Yeah. It's mad to think Mm -hmm. Napoleon Bonaparte sold a part of the United States to the United States. To the United States. Crazy. Yeah, to make it into the States, yeah. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? But that explains why it's like... French speaking. Yes, and there is there is a name for it, and I've listened to it mm-hmm. a million times while doing research, and I yeah. can't tell you oh. the name is something. No. The name for what? The purchasing of... Oh, okay, the purchasing of Louisiana. Yeah. Or New Orleans. New Orleans, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. So, her father was Louis McCarthy, who immigrated from Ireland to the USA in 1730 during the French colonial period Mm -hmm. so that was before the Spain took it over and then French took it over again Mm -hmm. and her mother was Marie Janine a French woman and the family lived in a white oh god community in New Orleans (laughs) so then that family's name was later shortened to McCartney so Madame La Lurie turned 13 years old in 1800 and being a very beautiful young woman it wasn't difficult for her to find a suitable green There's speculation on this marriage. Mm. So, basically, what was said was that it might have been a shotgun wedding. Yeah. Um, So, her first husband, uh, oh my God, (laughs) was Don Ramon de Lopez y Angelo, I think. Okay. So, he had a soulmate from Spain. So, Spain's taken over New Orleans, but at this point, him and his wife have travelled from Spain mm-hmm. over to New Orleans and unfortunately his soulmate passed away mm-hmm. on this travel. She became really sick at sea and just didn't recover. Yeah. So they speculated he was saying his seeds a bit, mm-hmm. got Delphine pregnant yeah. and it was just at 13, which isn't great. <laughs> yeah. And apparently that was quite still a shocking age, even in that time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, got her pregnant and this is the shotgun wedding. However... That baby has never been mentioned since, so mm-hmm. she might have miscarried. She might it might have been a st- stillborn, like, but it's never mentioned or records don't mm-hmm. show that baby again. Yeah. So um, it took the marriage took place in June eighteen hundred. Um, he was a high ranking Spanish official, and a major part of New Orleans was under Spanish occupation by then. So we're in the Spanish time. And her marriage to Dom made her one of the most powerful women in the state as her husband was appointed Consul General of Spain shortly after his marriage. But he was meant to get permission from the King of Spain Mm -hmm. and it took too long to get this permission, so he did it anyway. So I think he might have upset a few people Mm. because of that. So in 1804, Dom was called back to Spain, but he never quite made it back as he passed away mysteriously en route. Okay. So now she's a widow. So 1804, so 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. She's only 17 now. And she's a widow already. And she's a widow already. Blimey. Some historians claim that he was called back to Spain as a promotion. 
But some also say that it was a military punishment because he was Don was barred from his territory. So Madame Delphine gave birth to their daughter during the trip. Following the death of her husband, she returned back to New Orleans. So, oh, so she was with him on the cross on the passage over to Spain. Like it, yeah. yeah, she had the baby on board yeah. the ship. Ooh, I know. Sod that. So for the over the next four years, she lived quite comfortable in a mansion in New Orleans, and in 1809 she got married again. So for the second time to Jean Black Blanc, B- Jean Blanc, Jean Blanc, Jean Blanc. So a French guy. Yeah, <clears throat> the French one. <laughs> yeah. He was always he was also a wealthy man, one of the richest in the region. Mm. Um, he was a well-settled merchant, banker, and lawyer. Mm-hmm. So he's got three jobs now. <laughs> so after the marriage, John bought a house in Royal Street, and the couple gave birth to four children. So I've said this to you. She says she had three girls, and she was quite... <laughs> I don't know. She named them. I think it was... Mary Louise, Mary Louise, Louise Mary, something like that. So, yeah, she was um, not new, uh, unique naming these yeah. daughters of hers. But by the second marriage, um, it didn't last that long. Um, Jean passed, passed away in 1816, eight years after the marriage. Right. So, that again, eight years after that, oh, God, I can't work out the age, but, she, yeah. yeah, she's still quite young and a widow. Yeah, probably about, what, 30 or something? Yes. So, one of Delphine's daughters from a second marriage was deformed at birth, mm. and um, it caused like back issues. And in letters going back and forward from family members, I think she's called a hunchback, oh, the okay. hunchback child. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, she's quite suffering, I would say, in her back. So, um, Delphine tried to find someone to help her daughter's condition or make her life bearable a bit better. Mm. So she came across this doctor called Leonard Louis Nicholas Lalaurie. Ah. Mm-hmm. But by this time, she's about 40, Kaz, mm. and he's quite young. He's oh. 20 years, I think, 20 years younger mm-hmm. than Madame Lalaurie. So she's got a self toy boy, a bit of a cougar. His family back home told him to find a rich woman, settle down so we yeah. can establish something. So I think he's more in it for the money at this point, mm. where she's seen this young guy. Yeah, she's, she's yeah. financially yeah. independent, isn't she? Mm-hmm. So he's um, tried all sorts of methods to treat the, the, the daughter, but he wasn't successful. So in the process, him and Marie were started to get mm-hmm. a bit more comfortable with each other (laughs) wink wink nudge nudge so um just before he was proposing to Delphine he was set to return back to France but Mm. his uh, brother persuaded him to stay and so they tied the knot in 1825 so now this is a third husband and it was a really quite a beautiful love story really um they were quite happy and content um however the neighbors started to report loud arguments and noises coming from the house and they officially broke up in 1834 with leonard moving out of the house so she's had three failed marriages or Mm. been widowed by then and apparently that can be the cause to her insanity so that's one reason why she did what she did there's another reason that her uncle was mistreated by slaves. So there's a few speculations of why she did what she did, yeah. this woman. So she owned several slaves and solely grew in famous for the bad treatment of them. Um, she, like most other socialites in America, owned several slaves, nine in fact, and kept them in the slave quarters just outside Royal Street Mansion. They were hired to do petty jobs around the house. There were rumours spreading around her sprays uh, around her slaves that they lived in constant fear of her because she mistreated them mm. however during public like showing off to public she would then like hand us slaves half drunk glasses of wine to say oh that'll do you good drink mm. it so they was like oh she's giving them wine like mm. i've never seen that before a master giving their slaves wine like 
that she must be treating them quite all right. Them rumours are not what... Uh, oh, I see. You know, trying to dispel the rumours by doing stuff like that in yeah. public. Oh, I see. Mm. Um, people who knew her closely <laughs> claimed that she was very sweet to them, um, but pure evil to her slaves. Yeah. She did have a favourite slave, um, and it was a coachman called Bastine, who she treated very well. She fed him up, like so he looked healthy, he mm. looked quite well, um, and showed him off of an example of how she treats her slaves. Yeah. So there w- any rumours were being dispelled by seeing Bastine. Mm. And in favour of this, Bastine would then grass up the other slaves, like tell on the other slaves if they were doing wrong. Yeah. Or if whatever the weather, and then they would feel the wrath um, of Delphine. I think it was also Bastine who um, grasped her daughters up for feeding slaves extra because she, they were so malnutritioned. Yeah. Um, they felt sorry for the daughters and they would um, start feeding the slaves. Yeah. And she wasn't happy, Delphine, about this. So mm-hmm. it caused them punishment. They were in fear of the, their mother as well yeah. because she just ruled with an iron fist. She just wasn't a nice lady. So in... In April 1838, shortly after Leonard had left, a fire broke out in the Royal Street Mansion, which started in the kitchen. So this fire's just broke out of nowhere, or so it seems it wasn't. It was um, due to the cook. The cook had started the fire. Mm -hmm. She didn't intend to set fire to the whole mansion. You know why she started that fire, Kaz? Mm. To kill herself. She was 70 years old oh. and she lived <clears throat> at the stove. Yeah. She was chained to the stove. Oh, I see. She wasn't allowed to leave the stove. Mm. And to end this torture, 70 years old, it's a, it's grotesque. Mm. She decided to, she'd rather burn oh, okay. than to live another day under Lalaurie's rule. Yeah, so it's a suicide attempt. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately for her, she survived. Oh, okay. But it then led this great fire of the mansion on Royal Road. Mm. So, as Delphine, her children, and I think Leonard was there at that day. They've all managed to escape this fire. And locals said there wasn't a fire fire service them days. You'd rely on your neighbours to come and help you. Mm -hmm. So um, the neighbours were going in and they, like Delphine and Leonard and all that were saying, get the vulnerables, get, um, get not the vulnerables, get our valuables out, oh, get yeah. all our stuff out. And they was like, no, we know you've got slaves. We know you've got like at least nine other slaves. We've got to get them out first, shortly. Yeah. And they wouldn't give the key to oh. where they were locked. Yeah. In the slave quarters. That was insistent. No, we need our furniture. We need this. We need that. Because they were so scared of what they're going to find. Yeah. And I'm... Um, fortunately for the slaves that they didn't burn the guys or the people the neighbors mm. have burst into the slave quarters and Kaz what they found is absolutely absolutely disgusted there was um seven slaves that were badly tortured the slaves were badly mutated with their limbs deformed and some instances in their intestines were pulled out of their bodies and tied around them what yeah, some of them were dead on arrival. Um, one report suggested that seven were hanged by their necks, severely disfigured. While other reports said a man was found with a hole in his head and his head was full of maggots, caterpillars, worms. Um, he had a stick protruding from his head so they would stir his brains. Oh, God. What, yeah. Was he still alive? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, the bodies had bloody bumps with an iron collar spikes facing in woods, which appeared like a montage extracted from a typical medieval torture room. Um, There was a victim, had her arms amputated and her skin peeled off in a circular pattern, making her look like a human caterpillar. Oh, God. There was another one that was had every limb broken and reset in a way to make her look like a crab. Oh, okay. Um, Right. This is this is terrible. Yeah, this is uh, really quite messed up, isn't it? Yeah, there was um, one woman. Oh, I don't like this one. There was one woman was found with a mouth sewn shut, but inside oh. a mouth was an animal waste. Oh, so she literally shoved shit in this woman's mouth and sewn it up. It's awful, isn't it? 
And then on further investigation, they found a young girl in the world, uh, in a well, mm. and reports are as that she was, I think, about 12, 13, and she yeah. was brushing Delphine's hair. Mm-hmm. And she hit a snag in her hair and yeah. pulled her head. And because of that, Delphine chased her through the house. And the girl was so scared of her, she jumped to her death. Yeah. And um, Delphine then just chucked her in the well. Oh, so. So um, the discovery of these tortured slaves in the house broke all hell with the neighbours mm. and they decided to make a mob. Oh, one picture in there is Beauty and the Beast, you know, the angry mob oh, yeah. with the flames and yeah. Yeah, lynch and mob. So, yeah, lynch mob. So Delphine, Leonard and the daughters or the children were sitting there panicking, what do we do, what do we do? And Bastine, you know, the famous coachman, the infamous yeah. coachman, decided he could help and he mm-hmm. could get them out of a pickle. So what he suggested was was pretend like nothing's happening, mm-hmm. ignore the mob, put their finery clothes on, get into the coach and just go off in the sunset together. Yeah. And it would confuse people to think, well, what are you doing? Mm. And that's what they did. So they managed to escape oh, okay. the angry mob because mm. they were so quick. No, no, so they're so the mob was so slow to react to um them. Yeah, to see. Yeah, that, that was in shock. Display. Like, what the fuck? Like, we've just found all these tortured people mm. in your house, mm. and you're literally just getting up and walking away. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they just let them yeah, go. Yeah, and they they ended up going. <clears throat> so um, they disappeared from the scene soon after the fire happened. There's not enough documents to give concrete account of what happened after 1834 because mm. she f- went to Paris, France and spent her life there. And her death also remains a bit of a mystery to this day. Some h- historians claim that she died during a boat boar hunting accident, while there are other accounts that claim that she returned back to New Orleans to live out the last of her days oh, okay. in total anonymity. Yeah. Um, the later claim is further concreted with the fact that there is a grave in St. Louis, Louis Cemetery in New Orleans that belongs to the name Madame LaLaurie. Her oh. death date is marked December the 7th, 1842. Um, and the official records in Paris claim that she died in December the 7th, 1849. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's a bit... We don't know where or what happened... Then yeah. after. Well, either way, she escaped punishment, didn't she? Yeah, bastard. Don't look like she uh, got any kind of comeback <clears throat> for the mistreatment. No, no wow. absolute vile, vile woman. Yeah, no wonder she's so infamous because, I mean, that isn't your normal bog standard torture, No. Is it? That's really no. warped. And the thing is, like, with Jack the Ripper, she, he's very infamous. With, like, certain people, they're so infamous because of what they did. But at this time and age, she was... Only one of two, I think. There was a woman uh, in Europe, a queen, wasn't it, who bathed in her slave's blood and oh, she okay. was a serial killer. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, how is that not shocking enough to keep that name out and about? Because not yeah. much is known no. then after. So, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I think she's just like... She was quite just infamous in New Orleans mm-hmm. because I was listening to a podcast yesterday about it and there's yeah. this woman who has written a book about her yeah and she's um she said i think she was just going on like a tour around new orleans mm-hmm. and she went to the what was the woman what was her name her surname again la Lurie yeah mansion. the Lurie mansion mm-hmm. and then there was still all of the accounts of it and mm-hmm. eyewitness accounts and this that and the other and she was and she said she googled it and went to go online and try and find mm-hmm. out more about this woman and there was nothing there at all so she was like, oh, brilliant, I'm a historian, I'm going to make this yeah. my project. So she was writing a book about her. Wow. So there wasn't really a lot about her. And then um, I think maybe that might have brought it to the forefront so that, you know, was it Ryan Murphy and all that? Yeah. They put her story in um, Coven. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if it weren't for Coven, we wouldn't be talking about her. No. We wouldn't know anything about her. <clears throat> no, and I think with that, the mansion on Royal Road, I think... The mob was so enraged, they burnt it to the ground. So that isn't the proper house anyway. No, so no, I think they rebuilt it to show what it would have been like, maybe. I think so, yeah. Because I was thinking, I was a bit confused. I was like, it was yeah. raised to the ground, but she went yeah. to visit it. So, <laughs> yeah, it must have obviously just been re- rebuilt. Yeah. yeah. And then they've kept all the documents yeah. and stuff and what happened back then. So Awful though, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely gruesome. Especially as it's like 
a woman doing it. It's always, yeah. it's always more it weird, is, isn't, isn't it? it? When you get a woman doing it, yeah. I find that all the time because we've we're known to have that maternal instincts more than guys. Yeah. You know, we're we're known to be the more caring of the sexes and more have more empathy. I want to say. Yeah, and I, I think not only that. <coughs> when you look at when you just look at how often it's men that mm-hmm. commit violent crime, it's always a lot more than women. It's always men. Yeah, always the goddamn men. <laughs> but it's um, it's, it's not always, obviously. But yeah, it's just a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> men yeah. tend to be more violent, don't they? They the do. And then, like you know, the torturing mm-hmm. and the keeping them trained to things and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I've mentioned it a few times on here, isn't it? There's a masculine way of killing and a feminine way of killing. So feminine ways of killing is always poison. So you're um, distancing yourself from the murder. Yeah. And um, masculine way of killing is with knives and, you know, like really... Hands-on stuff, So when a female does a masculine way of killing, it's always the more shocking. Mm. Always is. Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, if it wasn't for that fire, they probably would never have found out about it. And... um, I think in this book as well, they were talking about would, would she be classed as a serial killer? How mm. many people did she kill? Because mm. there's no way of really knowing no. how many she killed. If you look at that, that was just a snapshot of what was going yeah. on in that house on yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, but when you say her her cook, her cookery slave mm-hmm. was 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. She'd probably have been with her since she I'd was 13, that. maybe, yeah. when she was first sort of became a, a wife. Yeah. I don't know. No. Funny so times sorry. though, isn't it? It's different times. But that was, I was trying to work it out. I think it's about, thir- by the time she was caught, it was mm-hmm. like 30 years before the emancipation of slavery yeah. in America. So I think by then there was quite a lot of like, people were like, rights for slaves yeah. and trying to abolish slavery and all that sort of thing. That was starting to gather momentum by yeah. that point. So you can see why people were sickened by what they found. Yeah. Well, another fact about this is she was already warned about a treatment to the slaves case. So a lawyer was sent round arrest because people was worried about the treatment of the slaves, mm. and somehow they they got taken away from her. Oh really? Yeah, and then she was fucking sly, and got family members to bid on them again, and then put them back mm. under her wing. Oh, I see. Yeah, so they nearly got away from her. Mm. That's another sad fact. Like they wouldn't mm. have suffered if yeah. they had got away from her properly, and that she didn't get her mm. family to bid. And I don't know why. Why do that? Like, why go do that to them? Oh, I don't know. I just think it's disgusting. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder where they where they went then. They must have just got put back in the slave market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They went back in the slave market well, and she got her family them. to bid on them again and yeah. win them back. And then give them back to mm-hmm. her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, another it's fun. Mad, isn't it? It's a bit like yeah. when you, when someone gets banned from owning a pet. Yeah, mental to think that people used to own people. I oh, know. It? It, oh, it's sickening. Absolutely <clears throat> sickening. I suppose I say used to, but that's not true because it does steal weapons. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Right, so here we are. This is um, this is the second part of the podcast mm-hmm. about the Axeman of New Orleans. So this is going forwards in time. This is after the abolition of mm-hmm. slavery. This is the early 20th century. Yep. Um, I listened to a couple of podcasts about this and um, one I listened to, it was a really good one actually, but they started out earlier. They started out in something like 1912 and they were saying it's, it, there's a few uh, similarities between this case and the Zodiac because oh. the Axeman was never caught. Oh. So there's no way of knowing who he was and when you when you expand on that point, there's no way of knowing who his victims were. So you know we did obviously, Zodiac was a three-parter mm-hmm. because we did... Um, the main cases, then we did the ones which could have been his, but we're yeah. not really sure. Similar thing with the Axeman. There was a couple of cases seven years before his actual definite victims, oh. which had a very similar MO in the same area kind of thing, but no one's ever sure whether it was them or not. But it was a young couple, young Italian couple who owned a grocery store. So they fit the demographic of most of his victims. Really? Yeah. So this podcast that I listened to started with these mm-hmm. two, but then there was the disclaimer saying we're not sure if it was them. But oh, I love looks ones pretty like decent. That. Yeah. Looks like it could be a good <gasps> one, but it's not initial. Yeah. So he could have been active, and then he was dormant for seven years. So this was 1912, and then you pick it up in sort of like 1918, 1919 mm-hmm. is when he was active about 18 months um so it's like what happened perhaps he was put in prison for a few years come out Ooh. and then he started to do it again a bit like the jake the ripper really is it oh not that he it started is. to do it again this but is the thing. Just stopped and, yeah, yeah i know and um a documentary which yesterday started out with like 30 years after jack the ripper's reign of terror along comes in new orleans the axe man it's just oh. like oh and then <laughs> this Wouldn't is completely irrelevant if it would have been him all along well it it's, uh, this was what I was going to say was um, the the documentary I watched yesterday was um, someone was saying maybe Jack the Ripper could be H.H. H. Holmes stop it and I was like oh I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole when I've got some shall time. we yeah. we're going to do H.H. H. Holmes so I you can't never know. wait for him it's unlikely but yeah. isn't it funny it's cool when you can sort of tie a couple oh. of cases, really famous cases up well it um, makes sense wouldn't it <laughs> perfect sense so, yeah, the Axeman of New Orleans. Being as this is an unsolved case, Lauren, I'm fully expecting you to solve it by the end. All right, I'm on it. Let me get me detective out on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, here we are. March 19th, 1919. Mm-hmm. New Orleans played music like it had never done so before. All of the dance clubs and bars were filled to capacity and bands played jazz at parties in hundreds of houses across the city. Mm-hmm. The city, known as the birthplace of jazz, didn't play music out of love that night, but out of fear. Three days prior, on March the 16th, the Times newspaper in New Orleans had published a letter by the serial killer known as the Axeman. By now, he'd already killed before, and he threatened to do so again on March the 19th at quarter past 12 at night. Right. If he discovered any household not playing jazz music at that time. I'd be fucked, Kaz, because <laughs> I'll go to bed at 10. I don't Latest. Like, I don't like jazz. No, I, I don't, no. I'd rather have an axe in my head than listen to jazz, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would, I would just be. Oh, I'm too tired for this. Like, if he comes, he comes. I'm just gonna go to bed. Yeah, just lock the door and yeah. set the dogs on him. You've got two very fierce dogs, so I think yeah. you'd be alright. <clears throat> yeah. So when it comes to famous unsolved cases involving serial killers, <clears throat> the names of Jack the Ripper and mm-hmm. the Zodiac Killer jump to mind. Few will have heard of the Axeman of New Orleans. However, his vicious attacks left six people dead and six more severely injured. And like Jack the Ripper, he wasn't afraid to taunt the police. And over a period of around 18 months, from May 1918 to October 1919, he had the Big Easy wrapped in a state of fear. The Big Easy is the oh, nickname for the yeah. uh, New Orleans. Love it. Have um, you ate at the Big Easy? Huh? Have you eaten at the Big Easy? What is the Big Easy? It's, it's a restaurant in London. It is yeah. beautiful, Canary Wolf, I go. Oh, really? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah and it so is it's very... So it's like New Orleans kind yeah. of Creole kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, but it's lovely. Oh, we'll go. To, yeah, to this day, the murderer's identity remains unknown and his crime spree stopped as mysteriously as it started. So again, just like Jack Ripper, mm-hmm. just like the Zodiac. 
because he's never caught, so you can't turn around and go, well, he was put in prison. Yeah. Or, oh, he died of a heart attack. Yeah. You just don't know. You it's don't just like, know. one minute's there, next minute he's gone. It's Ooh. just, yeah. Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. I love it. I love and I it. suppose if you are if you lived in that period, if you lived there in that time, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know that was the very last crime. You'd no. probably spend years and years thinking, what if he comes back? What if he starts up mm. again? You know, you, you're never going to feel safe, are no. you? No, no. So here's the crimes. These are the official crimes, Lauren. Right. On the night of May the 22nd, 1918, Italian grocery store owner Joseph Maggio and his wife Catherine were discovered lying on their bed in a pool of blood. Joseph's brother, who lived next door, were the ones who found... Uh, Joseph's brothers, sorry, were the ones who found the bodies. Joseph and Catherine had their throats cut with a razor blade while they slept. Oh, God. Their heads were then bashed in with an axe. Catherine's throat was cut so deeply that it was almost severed from her shoulders. Jesus oh. Christ. That's Jack the Ripper, isn't it? Didn't he have a victim like that? Um, he did use, like they were saying, like knives and stuff, mm. didn't he, as opposed to an axe. But that made me think of um, O.J. Simpson's wife, Nicole. Mm. He cut her he cut her throat so deeply that her head nearly come off. Jesus yeah. Christ. I don't know. Bad, don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... <clears throat> The killer had entered the property by chiselling a lower wooden panel out of the back door. After the killing had taken place, the axe was left in the bathroom and the razor dispensed off in the neighbour's garden. No valuable items had been taken, eliminating a burglary as a motive. So this is the thing, you could say, oh, it's just like a house break, mm. it went wrong. But it's not because he doesn't take anything, this man doesn't steal. Yeah. I mean, these are shopkeepers, they're business owners, they're going to have money and flow and mm. stock. Loads of stuff to steal, but he yeah. didn't take anything. Surely he must steal enough racks because he's leaving the murder vi- uh, murder thing. It's going to be quite expensive for him. I'm glad you brought this up because okay. I'm, I'm doing all this research and I'm thinking, why on earth is he leaving his yeah. axe behind? This is why. Okay. I heard, thank God, I listened to the, like, I think I watched one more documentary yeah. yesterday and it answered my question. Because back then, there wasn't central heating. Everybody, every homeowner had an axe on their property to chop wood. Ah. So it wasn't his axe. Ah. He's breaking into their home, getting their chopper, their wood wow. chopper, using <gasps> that. And that's why he was leaving. Because I'm thinking, yeah. it's the same as you. I'm like, yeah. how has he got money to blow on buying an axe and leaving it every yeah, single murder every scene? Murder. It weren't his axe. Ah, makes sense. But there was one thing that he did leave behind. He, Whenever he entered all the homes... Mm. Through the panelling, he used a chisel and he did leave that chisel behind every time. So he must have had an unlimited supply of chisels. Yeah. I don't know. Right. So we're looking for someone who works in the chisel industry. In the chisel industry, yeah. yeah. Right. And who's got an unlimited supply and doesn't mind leaving the chisels behind. Yeah, right, right. So, but that gave me um, Night Stalker vibes. Yeah. Because he removed, he used to remove a little panel of glass, Glass, didn't he, and get it through the back. And it's the same MO, Mm. except he's taking a panel of wood out instead of a panel of glass. Glass. Wow. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I suppose there's only so many ways you can break in, but when Mm. there's something that specific, it does give you chills a little bit. It really does. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So there are a number of arrests following this crime, including one of the Maggio brothers. However, they were all released due to a lack of evidence. 
I think one of the Maggio brothers was a barber, so he would have had the uh, cutthroat razor. Okay. And the police, you know, back then, they didn't have much at their disposal to... They would just literally go to the nearest person or the person that found <laughs> the bodies and go, you done it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's what they did with... Um, with the Maggie, Maggie brother, he was like, "Well, you're a barber. You've got no. he was drunk last night. You know, they, they. I think they kept him in custody for a few days. They kept grilling him, and he was like, I 'I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't no. do it.' No. Eventually, they just had to let him go. They were just. I think a lot of their times back then, they relied on confessions. Yeah, because they didn't have much in the way of like yeah. gathering evidence and stuff. I suppose. Oh yeah, that's Unless true. Unless there's an eyewitness, they didn't have fingerprinting. They had nothing really, did they? How on earth did they get by? I just think they just have to catch people red-handed, didn't yeah. they? And then if they didn't, they would just pin it on someone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I know what you mean. Well, that's how Jack the Ripper got away, wasn't it? Yeah, because there weren't, weren't really a lot no. of evidence. And, you know, they chased him and he just disappeared. Uh, this fellow, I don't think anyone ever chased him or anything. But, like I say, there were six murders and six injuries. Mm-hmm. So there was people that saw him... But his MO again was to strike at night. And because it is 1912, no one really had any lights or anything. So no one really got a good look at what he... They could give him like, you know, he was white. He was this roughly age, this roughly built. Mm. But because it was always at night and obviously you're getting your head bashed in by an age. You're not going to be able to give a very Yeah, yeah, because it's head injury as well. A lot of them couldn't... They'd have amnesia, remember, and trauma. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the trouble. They just never really managed to find him. Wow. So, yeah, like I said, there was a number of arrests, including one of the Maggio brothers. They, they were all released due to a lack of evidence. The only clue was a cryptic message written in chalk on the pavement a short distance from the murder scene. The message read, Mrs Maggio will sit up tonight like Mrs Tony. The police theorised this message reter- referred to a Mrs Tony Chiambra, who was one of a number of grocers of Italian descent killed and axed during the period 1911 to 1912. Oh. And the majority of these victims had fallen foul of an axe-wielding man who'd entered their properties at night by knocking out a panel in the back door. <gasps> if these earlier attacks were indeed connected, the axe man had been applying his MO for quite some time. So this refers to what the other yeah. podcast I was telling you about. Um, that maybe he had, you know, a, a year period in 1911, 1912. Mm. Probably went to prison for a few years or maybe went to another state. Or something, Something yeah. has happened to stop yeah. him doing it. And then he's come back and started. Wow. Yeah, so they've just thought Mrs. Tony is referring to this other victim. So, um, I mean, I think it sounds like a pretty good fit, to be honest. It's the same MO. It does. It does. It sounds exactly the same, doesn't it? Pretty good fit. And he wasn't cool. Yeah. The only thing that that, that people were summarising, if it wasn't him, is maybe it was a copycat. Someone mm. remembers him and was like, but it's like, why would a copycat start seven yeah. years later? Copycat's going to just do it straight yeah. away. Why would you think, oh, I fancy killing someone. Do you remember those crimes seven years ago? Yeah. I'm going to copy them. It's like, yeah, bit wish-washy, not. isn't yeah. it? It could happen, but it's unlikely. Yeah. A month after the Maggios were killed, the axe man supposedly struck again. On the 27th of June, Baker, John Zanker, went into a... Make, went to make a delivery to the grocery store owned by Louis Bessumer. Mm-hmm. Realising something was not quite right, Zanka went to the door at the rear of the store where he knew Basuma and his supposed wife Harriet were residing. Zanka discovered the Basumas were covered in blood but were still very much alive. The Basumas had been hacked at by a man wielding an axe who'd again knocked out a panel in their back door and entered their bedroom while they were asleep. So it's the same MO. Same MO. The axe, but then... A lot of people have got axes in their homes. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. we know. That, that does make I sense. I didn't even think of that, though. I didn't. No. I'm just thinking he's taking it. It's a bloke walking around with an axe. Yeah. Chopping someone's head off with it or whatever he does and then just dumping it, but it wasn't. No. And his axe. <clears throat> the axe, which actually belonged to Louis, was once again found in the bathroom and no valuables had been taken from the property. So it's the same MO. Yeah. It's not a burglar. No. He's doing it for kicks rather than... Yeah. Yeah. Than to mon- monetary gains. Yeah. Suspects were again rounded up, including an employee of Louis, but all were released due to a lack of evidence. In a bizarre set of events that followed the attack, it was discovered that Harriet was not Louis's wife, but she was his mistress. Ooh. And the media, obviously, they're going to a frenzy that followed. It just muddied the waters for further investigations, because mm-hmm. by now it's all... Yeah. It's a big sex scandal. Yeah, yeah. Two months later, Harriet died due to complications resulting from the injuries she sustained in the attack. However, before she passed away, she pointed the finger of guilt towards Louis, like her lover, claiming that he was also a German spy. Right. So this is during, like, the tail end of the First World War, yeah. yeah. 
Investigators found it hard to believe that this was the case since Louis had suffered a fractured skull as well, something that we had to have done to himself if he was guilty of attacking Harriet. Um, nine months later, a jury felt the same way and Louis was found not guilty of the attack. So it sounds like he went to trial for it. Wow. But I think there was there was quite a lot of things pointing to Louis may have been a spy. Yeah. He knew a lot of languages. He had there was all like documents and weird stuff, and so um, that's that's a. Li- I think that's why that that paragraph starts with um, um, supposedly struck again. Yeah, because yeah. it sounds like it may have been a domestic thing. Or may not. Yeah. We yeah. don't know. Again, we don't know. But it's to, the same MO. Surely it can't be. It is the same MO. And who's going to hit themselves over the head with yeah, an axe? An I axe. mean, that would take a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next axe man attack came in August of that year. This time, it was a pregnant woman named Mrs. Schneider. After a long day at work, her husband returned home to find his wife covered in blood. Her scalp had been cut open <gasps> and some of her teeth were knocked out, but she was still alive. After a couple of days, Mrs. Schneider regained consciousness in hospital and recounted seeing a dark figure looming over her after she woke from a nap and she remembered seeing an axe. Luckily, the trauma didn't impact her unborn baby daughter as she gave birth a little while later and everything was fine. The attack on Mrs. Schneider represented a slight change in the axe man's MO. She was neither Italian nor a grocer, therefore it now seemed as if anyone in the city could become a target. After another axe man suspect was cut loose by the police, New Orleans started to feel that some kind of bogeyman was on the loose in their streets. Mm. Terrified residents now lived with the constant fear of an axe man attack. Because up till then, there was quite a big Italian immigrant community mm-hmm. um and i i did read about towards the like the end of slavery so the end of like the 19th century slaves had been freed um and there was um a lot of italian immigrants mm-hmm. came over to america to work side by side with the freed slaves just yeah. working like, like as laborers mm-hmm. and a lot of them they'd work they prepared to work really really hard they'd save up as much money as they could and they'd open these small grocery businesses this is down new orleans is on the mississippi river yeah river. yeah and they'd open these small little businesses. And so there was some conjecture that maybe the axe man... You know how if you get a large influx of immigrants, mm-hmm. it causes a lot of tension within the locals? Right. And so the locals are looking at these immigrants that have come through. They worked really hard and they've started to build businesses. They're no yeah. longer they're no longer labourers in fields yeah. with the freed slaves. They're now business owners. Yeah. They've now got beautiful young wives. They're raising families. They're starting to look at these people with envy. Yeah. And that was a bit of conjecture as well, with the, especially with the earlier ones, because they were literally all targeting small grocery business owners mm-hmm. of Italian immigration descent. Okay. So it seemed like it might be a targeted at that group. Yeah. A bit of sour grapes. Mm. I mean, that's a bit of extreme, isn't it? Yeah. Sour grapes, but still, is. you do get some yeah. whack jobs out there, I suppose. Of course you do. So... Five days after the Schneider attack, the axe man returned to his preferred target, attacking an elderly Italian grocer in his sleep. So it's the same MO again, same demographic of Mm -hmm. victim. Pauline and Mary Bruno awoke to the sound of a commotion coming from the next door room, which was occupied by their uncle, Joseph Romano. Upon entering, they saw Joseph had been struck on the head and was badly bleeding. The assailant fled the room. The woman described him as dark-skinned, heavy-set and wearing a dark suit and a slouch hat. Just like the other attacks, the attacker had chiselled a panel out of the back door to gain entry and again no items of value had been stolen. Two days later, Joseph died of his wounds. At this point, New Orleans went into a state of heightened panic Mm. fuelled by the media frenzy that erupted in the wake of the Romano killing. Newspapers began reporting on armed men keeping watch over their families while they slept. Some men are going out there buying guns. Jesus Christ. While their families are asleep, they're literally sitting by the back door with a a loaded gun waiting for someone to break in. That's how paranoid everybody was. The terrified residents now lived in constant fear of another axe man attack, made worse by the fact that police could offer no solutions as to the identity of the killer. Yeah. So the police, they're literally, the case has gone cold. They're waiting for the next crime to happen to hopefully try yeah. and catch a break because they have got no clothes They've at all. They've got nothing, have they? No, he's not leaving because he's not taking his own murder weapon, is he? It's not like they can be like, oh, he's dropped something. Yeah. He's just dropped something that was already in the household yeah. in the first place. A lot of things about the case made little to no sense. Like, why did the axe man always leave the chisel he used to pull out the wooden door panels? Why did he always rely on the axe found in people's houses, never bringing his own? Although many people had atta- he had attacked were Italian grocers, some were not. Therefore, what connected the victims? I wonder if maybe sometimes he just broke into the wrong house by mistake. He thought yeah. it was it was it would be, and it wasn't. Maybe. Yeah. 
but the ex-man would seemingly take a short hiatus from killing, returning once again seven months later on God, the 10th of March. start think it was feel right. It's calming down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You start to think maybe, you know, yeah. the husband's are going to sleep, not yeah. sitting up all night. So seven months later on the 10th of March, 1919, nothing about his MO had changed. The victims were a family of grocers called the Cortemiglias. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my Italian eyes non-existent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the axe man entered the house via his trademark chiselling out of the back door panel. He used an axe taken from the victim's household and he stole no valuables after the attack. This was perhaps the axe man's worst attack yet. Rosie Cortemiglia awoke to the sight of her husband Charles fighting the axe man. Mm-hmm. It was a fight he would lose, taking multiple blows to the head and suffering a fractured skull. The axe man would then turn his attention to Rosie who was cradling her two-year-old daughter oh, in her no, arms. Oh, no. Um... I think the little girl was called Mary. The axe came down on both of them and it killed Mary, the little girl, instantly and it fractured Rosie's skull. Jesus Christ. I'm guessing the whole family was sleeping Mm. in the same bed. After he heard the screams coming from the Cortemiglia's household, fellow grocer Orlando Giordano rushed to his neighbour's property and alerted the authorities. The axe man were going to describe himself as a demon from the hottest hell. Both Charles and Rosie would make full recoveries, although Rosie... (coughs) pointed the finger of guilt at the very man who came to their aid, Giordano. Being a rival grocer, Rosie pinned the blame on Giordano and his son Frank. Shady bitch. Yeah. The two men were charged with murder and found guilty. No. Frank was to hang Giordano Giordano to serve life in prison. Charles vehemently denied his wife's claims and reports his st- reports state that he divorced her shortly after. Do you think maybe she'd lost her mind a bit because her child mm. was killed in her lap? Mm. Possibly, I don't know, but Yeah. She just wants she just lost her mind. Yeah. Nearly a year later, Rosie recanted her testimony, saying she gave it out of spite and jealousy. The two men were released. Thank God the other one was on death row, wasn't he? He could have been hung. I was just waiting for yeah. you to say I was going to do me now. Yeah, the two men were released, and the killing of their baby daughter went on to the axe man's tally. Jesus. A few days later, after the attack of the Cotamiglias, the axe man decided to write to the Times newspaper. This is good. Mm-hmm. The letter said, Hell. Very Jack the Ripper. Yep. And it was addressed to esteemed mortal. <laughs> this wow. is crazy. That the axe man were going to describe himself as a demon from the hottest hell who had a close relationship with the angel of death and bragging that he could kill thousands more if he wanted to. He taunted the foolish police declaring that he'd never be caught as he was not a human being. He then proceeded to threaten the whole city. This is the stuff that films are made mm. of this following bit. This is what he wrote. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I've just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Fucking hell. How mad is that? That's <laughs> madness to think. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? So when the clock struck 12.15 on the 19th of March, the city of New Orleans was alive and noisy as the people made sure to jazz it out. Wow. A local composer, Joseph de Villiers, even created a song just for that night entitled The Mysterious Axe Man's Jazz, and it was going to become a huge hit. Can you wow. believe it? I can't get over So that. the whole city is jazzing it up, like jiving away, My dancing, God. like their lives depend on it because their lives do depend on it. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? It is crazy that one person has just struck a chord with so many. Yeah, it's influenced the whole city yeah. to make them all dance to jazz music all Did night. Did anyone not play it? I don't know. I mean, not oh. everyone can have a jazz band in their house. Well, this is what I was thinking. It's before record players and stuff. Well, so. th- this is what I was thinking, yeah. like... If you're poor, like, what do you do? Just get, like, I don't know. <laughs> Go to a jazz hall, I think. Okay, okay. Although it's doubtful that every household that night blared out jazz music into the early hours, the axe man was clearly satisfied with what he heard as not a single attack occurred okay. that night. In fact, the rest of spring and most of summer would pass before another axe was wielded in terror. So I thought it was just like... Because do you remember in um, American Story Coven... The axe man is Jessica Lang's boyfriend, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And he is a jazz musician, yeah. isn't he? And he yeah. the jazz. Um, wow. It just was like, it did make me smile. Yeah. I know it's not, it's not nice, is no. it? No. 
I'm not smiling because of the crimes, but just the whole uh, circumstance he's yeah. finding it and the way that he managed to make everyone just just do it dance yeah. to his beat. They were all like little puppets on his string, wow. weren't they? Wow. In early August, the axe man would resume his attacks with the same MO. Grocer Steve Bocker was attacked while he slept, the axe man cracking his head open with his usual weapon of choice. Nothing was sto- stolen and the back door panel was... You can finish the sentence Removed for me. Removed by one panel. Yep, by a chisel. Oh, chisel, sorry. Yeah. Bocker recovered but couldn't... He recovered? He recovered from an axe to the head? I'm sorry, I'm surprised at this. I'm thinking, <laughs> what happens if you have a blunt axe? You just get staved in, I suppose, yeah. instead of... Uh. I don't know. It still wouldn't be bad. It's a little no. hunk of metal getting driven yeah, into your head. No. Perhaps Bocker had a really thick skull. Skull. Bocker recovered but couldn't remember any details of the attack. See, this is what I was saying earlier. Uh. This is the trouble. It's head trauma injury. Yeah. You're not going to remember anything. And it's at night. It's, it's, this is why he gets away with yeah. it. One month later, on the 3rd of September, teenager Sarah Lauman was attacked during the night and suffered severe head injuries as well as missing teeth. A bloody axe was left on the front lawn. Like Bockhart, Lumen would recover, but well, not remember a thing. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of people wow. that recover. You'd think if, you, it's, well, if, I, if I got really mad and fought and picked up an axe and swung it on someone's head, I'd think, that's it, game over. Yeah. I'm a murderer. Well, there. But yeah. obviously not. It's weird, isn't it? That's what I'm people thinking. People are tougher he than you think. thinks he's killed them before yeah. leaving them. Because yeah. you wouldn't leave them alive after doing that, would yeah. you? Yeah. Well, maybe it's just the act of just hitting someone over the head with an axe is what Ooh, gets his rocks yeah. off. We just don't know. It's all going to be conjecture, isn't it? However, the attacker came in through the window, not the back door of Lyman's house, leading some to believe this was not the work of the axe man, but perhaps a copycat. Oh. Who knows? If it was a copycat, they weren't caught either, were they? No. Then in October, the axe man attacked again for what would become his final slaughter. Mike Pepitone... Grocer, again, mm-hmm. Italian, grocer, mm-hmm. father of six, was the axe man's chosen target. Mike's wife awoke to the sounds of a struggle coming from the next door room where her husband re- resided. Oh, no. Blood was spattered across the majority of the room and Mike lay in a pool of his own blood. Oh, no. He would shortly die from the injuries sustained from his head. Mrs. Peppertoni claimed to see two men fleeing, fleeing the scene. Oh. Apart from this additional person, everything else about the event and the crime scene that was unchanged from previous axe man attacks. And then just like that, it was all over. And the axe man was never seen or heard of again, wow. like the spirit he claimed to be. He simply vanished into thin air. And the true identity of the killer would remain one of crime's greatest unsolved mysteries. Wow. Um, there's a couple of suspects. Um, I mean, again, it's all just conjecture. It could mm. be anybody, to be honest. There's yeah. a few suspects, copycats. <laughs> so they've got two suspects, a copycat, or it was actually an ungodly demon. Who came down to earth right. for 18 months. Let me think about this for a second. I'm going with the ungodly demon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a thing. Oh, like I've said before on the podcast, I'm not a fan of unsolved crimes. I like a nice, neat ending. Mm-hmm. I like to know who did it. I want to know. Tied up with a bowl. Conclusive mm-hmm. evidence that it was definitely that person. And I want to know why they done it. And that's yeah. when you come in. You'll go and do a background yeah. research. And we'll be like, oh, there yeah. you go. That's why they done it. That's why they done it. Yeah. So, no, it's I unsatisfying agree. do these unsolved ones, but, um, it is, but... <coughs> it's a really interesting case. I just don't understand where I'm thinking, did he go? So, what was the year he finished? 1919. Oh. So, one year after the end of the sec- of the First World War. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it. now I'm just trying to think what. Tie it up with something. Yeah, something, mm. but yeah, that doesn't work either. No, it's weird, isn't it? It is really, really odd. Really, really odd. But I've done it. Little quick six degrees because I've done it for a while and I was missing it. And I was like, do you know what? Being as we're doing um, American Horror Story based uh, series this year, love it. It's easy to do, isn't it? So I looked up the actor who plays the Axeman in Mm -hmm. American Horror Story Coven is called Danny Huston. He's great, yeah. Oh, I love him. He's perfect. He's so good. Whenever, when I was researching this case, he was in the front of my mind. Mm-hmm. He played it, him so well. I'm the same. Yeah. You telling this story to me. I've got him in my mind. Yeah. Sneaking in, sneaking out. Yeah. yeah. But funnily enough, I didn't have Kathy Bates as Madame Delphine. No. Nah. Because Madame Delphine was really young, wasn't mm. she? Whereas Kathy Bates yeah. has played her younger, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Uh, older. Older. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, this Bella, this Danny Huston. And I was thinking, oh, he's in another one of my favourite films. I couldn't think what it was. So I looked him up and he's, um, he's the one, he's the baddie in Wonder Woman. Ah. Uh. 
Yeah. He is actually a demon in Wonder Woman, isn't wow. he? He's like the devil, I think. I don't know, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, haven't no. He's really good. He plays Lucifer. Oh. And apparently he was the one who was behind the First World War. So it all ties in. It all ties it in. All ties it in. does. <clears throat> With case solved. Case solved, yeah. It was him. And reincarnated. Yeah, that's Wonder Woman. <laughs> so yeah, obviously the star of Wonder Woman was Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. the goddess that is she. And she starred in, um, she's Lynette, isn't she, in Death on the Nile? That new um, Pyro that came oh, out okay, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So um, Kenneth Branagh stars as Pyro in that and also in Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. The baddie in Murder on the Orient Express is Johnny Depp. Nice. Johnny Depp was in Black Mass with Kevin Bacon. Well done, cha-ching. Yeah, decent, isn't it? Yeah, I liked it. Well done, you. Yeah. <clears throat> I might have to watch amazing. that Black Mass. It pops up quite a lot and it, it looks does. really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I might just try and watch that. Yeah, give it a go, give mm. it a go. Well yeah. done, Kaz. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, that was really good, actually. Yeah. Thank you for research. It was quite nice splitting into two and doing half each. Yeah, it? yeah, it was. It's a bit I'm... more like our patrons because I like a bit of a yeah. reaction. Yeah, it's good. It is good because it's yeah. just nice to sit back and just listen to it, really. Yeah. So, um... Thank this you very one. much for listening. Yeah, thank you. I hope it hasn't been too uh, nasal or anything. <laughs> Sniffy, <laughs> coffee. Yeah. So uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.